Hi guys, welcome to um, the Meandering Movies podcast. Tonight, Gavin and I have had, we've had a few beverages. A few being uh, the important word. A few beverages. We've watched a few of our, we've watched a few uh, YouTubes. we watched the young ones. because we watched the young ones. Because we're current. We've watched a few. Watched oh, a, bottle fell over. Fruit shoot down. We've watched a few videos about films and we have decided to crack open the mics. Crack open some beers and talk about <laughs> and talk about a few films. And we'll be honest, and I'm going to be honest. Okay, this is um this is com- this is a completely unscripted episode. Yeah, we, we have. have genuinely got little to no idea about what we're going to talk about. But we feel like we before we put on the microphones, we talked for a good hour about films. And when we say talked, I shouted think at each other. We, <laughs> <at each> other. <laughs> we just shouted. So and every might... so often, our, our little our little sound boy would just. He would inter- interject with his, his. Oh, he's cleaning our glasses, right? Oh, look, he's like he's like a wee a wee servant taking he's away our, our. But thank you, thank you, sound by. But yeah, we we argued for an hour about yeah. what. It, right, so well, it started. It's with, probably a good starting point. Where where did we start arguing? I think we, it I was, was the anal arguing. scene in Kingsman. The anal scene in Kingsman. <laughs> Honestly, it was the anal. It scene was in the Kingsman that set us off. So and, and it started us in a good place, which was I like Kingsman as a film, and I like Kingsman two as a film. And you do not. I really don't like Kingsman, and I really, really don't but like. What Kingsman do you not too. like about Kingsman? Kingsman is a insulting, disjointed, unpleasant, canal. like visually just messy, character wise. I mean, it's just it's not a nice film. Mark Webb. It's a fun film. Mark Webb is a guy who visually can do some interesting stuff with his camera, and. Everything else is just like kind of okay. gross and unpleasant. So, very quickly, and then I'm going to try and forget about this. We'll just continue chatting. I feel like topic of this podcast is going to be fun films versus critically acclaimed films. I think. Okay. I think. I think that feels like where we're going to settle roughly in this topic. Okay. And I personally am a huge advocate for fun films. I think. I think we need them in cinema. And I'm all for critical films. I'm for, I'm all for films that make you think and feel and make you cry, and make you make you feel. But if every film was like that, it would like I wouldn't want to go cinema every single week. I would I would go cinema once a month, have a really heartfelt cry or whatever I've seen, and then that would be me. And in between all those films, what I do get to do in today's day and age is go and see a film where I'm like hey, brain, let's just switch you off and enjoy the colours, the sound, the sights. Because sometimes that's all a film needs to be. But I am, topic. I'm not a person who thinks there can't be fun films. I'm all for fun films. But Kingsman isn't a fun film. Kingsman is a fun it's film. It's not fun. It is a fun it's film. It's just unpleasant. It's not unpleasant. It's just insultingly unpleasant. No. It, it's like, no different from James Bond, bar the occasional anal joke. It, it's... Kingsman is James Bond on crack. No, Kingsman is all of the bad Roger Moore movies. And the Roger Moore movies are the worst James Bond movies. Are they? Yes. I feel like all the James Bond movies yes, are Yes, I know you, I know you think this. And you're I don't wrong. like them. I don't wrong. like them. You don't like James Bond movies, and I do. I like the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies because there's... What? So you like... <laughs> you like... <laughs> I like the Pierce Brosnan James You like Bond The movies. World Is Not Enough. You like die another day. From what I can remember, I watched James Bond when I was a young boy. What happens in the world is not enough. 
he gets given the world, but it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> he gets given the world. <laughs> All right, wait. Is that the one with the invisible car? No, that's Die Another Day. I remember we Die Another Day. And that's a shit film. <laughs> I like Die Another Day. He, All right, he, world he, is not enough. He parasurfers away from a tidal wave on the worst green oh, screen no, ever. Oh, no, don't get all fucking high and mighty. No, that's not high. Where would you uh, s- well, all right, Indiana Jones, one, two, and three. Good films, bad films? Uh, tremendous films. Indiana Jones, two. He jumps out of a plane with a fucking blow-up uh, inflatable raft and kites his way down to safety. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? Because those films knew what they were and they went for it. They're stupid as fuck. James Bond wasn't stupid as fuck. Well, the Bond Roger Moore films were. The Roger Moore films. Like, Pierce fucking, the like, has stupid a, as fuck. I'm pretty sure he has a conversation with an elephant one of the films. The Roger Moore films are just so fucking off the wall dumb. But that, they're like, all... All right. But the Pierce if, they're the ones, dumb, if they're not off the wall dumb, they are misogynistic, stupid, dumb sh- Oh, crap. we can easily do the whole James Bond as a misogynist. Yeah, and but blah. they are. But then we could look at any film from those days and say they were, this is going down a dark path. We're in a dangerous no, you, place you, you right are, now. Look, you are not wrong. You are not wrong. I have no problem with admitting you're wrong. You're, you're, I'm wrong. You're wrong. We're, those films are wrong. We live in a, we live in, we live in a world where, I'm, like, and this is why I'm agreeing with you. We live in a world where you can't get away with that bullshit anymore. Because yeah. although back in the fucking 40s through to the early 90s, if not late 90s, if you had a film with a male protagonist, the male protagonist could do whatever the fuck he wanted and it was painted in a good light. Yeah. Fact. Then we started to be like, wait a minute, that's shitty. Yes. <laughs> For lack of a better word, that is shitty. And you know what? Men can't just do whatever the fuck they want. And and sex isn't a reward for doing a good thing, James Bond. And then Kingsman came out. And I like Kingsman. I like all of Kingsman. I think... As far as the film goes, it's a James Bond film because it's fun. It's a James Bond at its height. It's fun. It's stupid. It has a very evil villain. It has a very, quotation marks, good guy as the good guy. And then the one, but I do agree with you, is the anal, which is where this started, is the anal sex scene. But, I mean, the film lost me long before that bit. Why? But because before that bit, it's fine. Do you know what I think my biggest... <sighs> it's, it's an evil villain who has an evil plan, which is you... There's a noise, a high enough frequency pitch, which makes you lose your shit and lets all of your, like, right, like, yeah, it's, in fact, it's so James Bond. Yes, it, and it, I, I it, ain't it, saying it, it This little note triggers your primal instinct and makes you go on a fucking murder spree. But do you know what's so annoying about Kingsman is what? K- Kingsman approaches its subject of saying, look, we're better than James Bond. This look, look how bad James Bond is. We're so better than no, it. No, it's not. Yes, no, it, it doesn't. Yes, it, it absolutely does. Bond, it approaches James Bond in a in the same way that Indiana Jones approached Indiana Jones four approached Indiana Jones one to three in a missed love letter style. It wants to show like we appreciate this and we are we're trying to like sign off with a kiss. Everything that the films that came before us are that we're emulating. And unfortunately, yeah, it misses the mark a bit. But that's not a problem with the film. That's a problem with the film goers today. Is it? Yes. Indiana Jones 4 was not made for Indiana Jones film lovers. It was made for Indiana. It was made for the new generation of Indiana Jones watchers. But Ghostbusters reboot. Find me a person who likes that new Indiana Jones film. Are you ready? Are you ready are for you, this? Are you going to say it you? Are, you're going to 
You remember earlier when I said I was going to put the mic stand to your skull? Hate me. Is it going to be right now? Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom is a worse movie than Indiana Jones Crystals. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Fuck. It is. It's a worse. No, it isn't. It is. If you bring up the whole monkey skull. Here's the the list. Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, best Indiana Jones film. Indiana Jones, uh, Holy Grail, Mystic of the Lost Grail. I can't remember the name of the film. Mystic of the Lost (laughs) Grail. Indiana Jones, Temple of the Lost Mist. No. Temple of the Lost Mystic. Uh, Quest of the Holy Grail. No, that. Indiana Jones. And the Holy Grail. You're thinking of a... Mon- you're taking Indiana Jones and Monty Python. Well, and what's the sl- film fucking called then? The, the, the Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Right. Indiana Jones... And the Hunt for Raiders the, the Last Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones and the Hunt of the Last Crusade. Stop Crusade. saying the Hunt for the Last Crusade. It's just the Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. One, two. Then Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Lost Skull. No. Fight me. No. And then Indiana Jones and the Temple called. of Doom. It's, it's not what it's called. Whatever the fuck it's called. Indiana Jones... Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's not called Kingdom Thank of you. the Crystal Skull. Thank you, Sam. Indiana, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Whatever. It's, it better, it's better than Skull? Temple of Doom. What is that film? It's right. an awful film. It's not. It is. Indiana Jones and the Temple of The Temple of Doom's an awful film. No, it isn't. Yes, it fucking no, is. No, it isn't. It actually is. No, it isn't. Temple. Right? Temple of Doom. <laughs> Temple of Doom is boring, long. Fuck all happens in it. And then it has an awesome, awesome minecart chase scene. And then it shit again. No, it isn't. Yes. So rock- it's like two hours what- and it's all shit. And then it has 20 minutes of really good. Do you know bit what the temple, temple of Doom is? The Temple of shit. Doom is a brilliantly paced. It's it's the slowest pace of all the movies. It's not. It's Nothing <laughs> happens forever. And then they have a mind party. It, it is a slow, tense horror movie. It's That's not. what the Temple of Doom well, is. All right. You know what? It Fine. Is. You know what? Fine. It might be. That's not an Indiana Jones movie then. Why? It's the second one. How can you Why? say it's not an Indiana Jones movie? Because there are four other ones and they all do that better than the fucking second one. Because like the, the first one was an adventure movie and Spielberg was like, I want to do something different. First second one's an one. adventure film. Third one's an adventure film. Fourth one, adventure film. Second yeah, but guess one, what came some out? weird shit but horror guess film what apparently. came out after the first one? The second one. And it was the, shit. It wasn't it's shit. shit. It wasn't It is shit, shit though. The fourth one is shit. Fucking no. Shia LaBeouf. I, look, no. Tarzaning around the Here's jungle. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Terrible I, CGI. Listen, I w- will not disagree with you that the fourth one's a bad movie. Will not disagree with you. Because it's not a good movie. And at no point did I say it was a good movie. It's dog it shit. is. <laughs> it is, however, better than the second film. The second... Don't point to him. Sound troll. Don't, don't po- he, knows, he hasn't Have seen Have you it. seen these movies? Oh, well, you can't help. Of course he has. Don't ever look to him <laughs> for help. He's never seen the movies. For anyone that doesn't... These, this is... Yeah. So you'll, you'll get used to this. I will... I will probably consistently look to Philip look to, for help. To Philip for and help. Philip will, just and Philip will always shake his head and go, "Sorry, Gary, I haven't seen that movie." I'm just here to record and make the the, the audio sound good. Anyway, Temple of Doom is crap. It's not. I'm crap. really sorry, and I really am because I I wish that Don't I wish apologize. Indiana Jones just be right. No, I wish Indiana Jones had three brilliant films and then a bad one, but it doesn't. It has one brilliant film, a terrible film, a good film, and pretty bad film. Which isn't as bad as the second film. Rewatch Temple of Doom, mate. I it's have. slow. I've got the It's VHS. boring. It's got as much bullshit physics as it's Crystal great, Skull has. It's a greatly slow, slowly paced horror film. It's what, why is it a horror film? How, are you? In, they literally ripped the heart of a man. In, I'm not saying how 
mechanically, have as in child slavery. As in, sorry, as the, in the, the Scottish. Is why is the it a horror? The town film? is going through this horrendous famish, it shouldn't and be. it's got this really like creepy, eerie tone to it. And what and your like, argument is basically like: imagine all of the Scream movies, except Scream Two is a is a fucking summer party movie, yeah, like like point, Breakfast at Bernie's. The whole point of Indiana Breakfast Jones, at, Breakfast Club, is Spielberg made Dinner at Bernie's. Spielberg made in. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Do you not know the title of any film? <laughs> not when I've had a few beers. Indiana Jones is Spielberg's love letter to the old adventure films that he used to watch as a kid on TV. That was, and the whole point was Indiana Jones was going to be an anthology series, and they weren't going to be adventure films. It was like this one's well, an adventure, this one's a horror film. But then he did the horror film, and people were like, oh, we don't know about this. And he went, okay, I'll just do another adventure film. But do you know how people were like, oh, we don't know about this because it was shit and no, different and not what everyone wanted. Your general wanted. audience are just fucking idiots and no. they just want the same thing over do you know and what's over a love again? letter to its its craft frankenweenie by tim burton frankenweenie is a proper love letter what are you talking about the the full feature length version frankenweenie tim burton's frankenweenie the hour and a half feature length version is a love letter to horror monster classic monster movies and it does it well I don't get what's your point about. What did Frank and Winnie come into? I'm this? just saying you want to do love letters about horror films. I'm not, that's I'm not, one. I'm not, say, I'm not talking about love letters. I'm just saying the entire point of Indiana Jones was it was supposed to be a different type of adventure each time, and Temple of Doom was a completely different adventure. You're right because Indiana Jones's adventures are usually fun and awesome, and in no, and Temple of Doom was a big pile no, of shit. Because there was one film that was like that, and then there was a second film that was different, and people went. Oh, it's not like the first one. The and thing went, is, okay, we'll just do the first the one thing. again. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's my honest opinion. Last Crusade was a bit shit as well. You're a fucking idiot. I... <laughs> You're an absolute fucking idiot. <laughs> Indiana Jones 1 was good. Everything else they ever did with Indiana Jones was unfortunately no. No, near The as Last good. Crusade. Which... Raid- Raiders of the Last Ark was a good film, and everything else was not a good film. The Last Crusade is a joyous family adventure it's not film. a joyous family adventure it is a, it's a boring it's not family boring slog. it is it's not it boring is. you're dead inside what was the point of this podcast what was the topic we started go with? play pokemon go I in the like streets I, I feel like we have get not run over by a van i feel like we had a topic and so far all we've done is moan about well i've moaned about indiana jones and i'm just defending i, I know what the topic is because you said it before it started you said old movies are shit new movies are good because you are like Shit, pair. I don't think that is what I said. You said old movies shit, new movies good. It's not, is it? Don't shake your head. He did <laughs> say that. He agrees with me. Of course, he agrees think, with I you. I don't think that is what I said. I think, I think it was, it was somewhere in that margins, but I don't think that's you said word so- for word. That's definitely you, not the topic. Okay, we're I, to be about. I'm paraphrasing, but you more or less said old movies bad, new movies good. I like old movies. Ghostbusters one, great film. Don't Ghostbusters, say Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2 is a good film. Because I know film. you're going to say it. Ghostbusters 2 is a good film. It's not a good film. Ghostbusters reboot was not a film for us, but it's enjoyable. I didn't see it because I knew it would just be pointless to see it's it. It's an enjoyable film. It's not It's not Ghostbusters 1 or 2, and it was never going to be Ghostbusters 2, but it's enjoyable for what it is. I don't like Melissa McCarthy. Well, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm with you. It has that weird off-brand bridesmaids... We're improvising, Tedious improv. but we're not really improvising SNL style of humour. But like I feel we've like done twenty a... takes and we've chosen this one, but it doesn't totally match the same we did before. Or after Tell you what, films I do really like, which are reboots: um, Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump Street. I enjoyed the first one. Brilliant film. Is it the first one where there's that scene where they take the acid? Uh, no, it's Jonah Hill's character fucks Ice Cube's daughter, and then Channing Tatum finds out about it. 
and Channing Tatum just does the greatest comedic acting of his life and just runs and going, holy shit, he fucked the Chiefs down. He's just running around and he's just like, and he slams up against like the glass. He's like, oh, and Jonah Hill and Ice Cube are so perfect and never break and just sit there just being like, yep, yep, this is happening. I'm just like, this is brilliant. I tell you what, this is so good. What, what I, I think comedy actors have got the ultimate, I think they are the best actors of all crafts, right? Because it's very easy to watch something which is sad, and even if it's badly acted, it's still sad, right? So, like, all right, for example, um, Marley and Me. That's a sad movie because a dog dies. Yeah, but that's like emotional blackmail, that movie. Oh, yeah, I mean, it 100% is, but that's my point exactly. Um, Up makes you cry oh, because... Get me. Philip and I had a discussion, that, or should I say, Audio Boy and I had a discussion in the car one day about Up, and I just thought, I just, that fucking film's a cheap trick. I cried four times during up. I'm I'm a grown man, and I cried once within the first five minutes of the film. I then cried three separate times, not like one continuous cry. I got over my my second cry, cried again. Got over my third cry, and then cried again. It is a cheap trick. However, my point stands. It's it's a film designed to make you cry, and even if it was a bit shittily voice acted, would still make you cry because it's a sad thing happening. Inside Out, same thing. Really sad because the the, the imaginary fr- spoilers, imaginary friend dies. She gets forgotten about. He gets forgotten about. It gets forgotten about. And then I forgot about that film. What was my point? I'm doing it again. Comedy now. actors are comedy actors have got a bit of a cheap. Well, no, no. In fact, not cheap. Comedy actors have got it difficult. Not cheap. They've got it difficult because I cannot cannot fathom watching my co-actors do Anchorman 1 or Step Brothers or Dumb and Dumber. I can't imagine watching Will Ferrell or John C. Riley or Jim Carrey do any of their parts in any of those films and having to stand there next to them and not crack a smile. Because <laughs> I'm laughing now thinking about these bits. And it's a testament to how either how many times they had to re-record those bits or how well acted those people are that they straight-faced Steve Carell's ad-libbed brick lines in Anchorman or anything Jim Carrey ever did. The scene I always think about is, um, it's it's not a great movie, but it's okay. It's uh, (laughs) Steve Carell and Bruce Almighty when he's on the... the, It's not a great movie, but it is okay. It's like... uh, it's like when, I'm, man, I'm with you. It's, it's like when, yeah, it's the best. That is the best. That's the best review I've ever heard. <laughs> Bruce Almighty. That movie. Not a great movie. It's okay. That's not a great. It's film. like a, like it's a nice okay. like uh, Jim Carrey, Jennifer Aniston rom com kind of like thing. Wait, but that's, Bruce Almighty or Evan Almighty? Bruce Almighty. Oh, okay. Fuck Evan Almighty. That's just dog shit. But <laughs> but that scene with Steve Carell when like uh, uh, wait are you talking about Bruce Almighty or Evan Almighty? Bruce Almighty, but Steve Carell's and Bruce Almighty. Do you not remember that scene? Oh yeah, and he's like, <laughs> <"Yank him laughs> and, he goes, <laughs> and you watch the bloopers of that, and the actress that has to sit next to him while he does all that shit, she just can't keep it together once, and he's just going, "How is he's you? going to caca popo <laughs> like that kind of shit?" And she just loses it every time. And it's like. I would I would lose it because Steve Carell. Why is the camera on her? That's not fair. Or the one like, to her. or the forty year old virgin. Once again, not a good movie. It's okay. Forty year old virgin is a good film. And like, I like when he, they're doing the waxing stuff, but that and, was real waxing. He, I know. And Steve Carell's reactions, and even like the the woman doing the waxing, like she can barely even hold it together. And it's <laughs> and it's almost more fun to watch the bloopers or that type of stuff, where it's just like, 
Like, I love, like, uh, with Parks and Rec, just chucking on the bloopers, going well, to YouTube, have just you watching seen, bloopers. Have you seen the, um, I love the writer from Parks and Rec's quote of, you know what I'm about to say. Audio boy knows. Of, of, uh, <laughs> Chris Pratt came up with the improvised line, hey, Leslie, I googled your symptoms and apparently you have network connectivity issues. <laughs> And the writer, so in a behind-the-scenes bit of Parks and Rec, was like, and I have never written anything as funny as that, and I will always hate Chris Pratt for coming up with that on the spot. It's <laughs> like, so good. And it's like, it's, I, yeah. I love that, like, I think Chris Pratt does it, and, I, and here's a weird thing, I always think about this when I'm pooing, but Chris Pratt does that bit when he's in the doctor's office, and he says, when I wipe, and it's just like a marker, like a and mark it just pen. keeps coming. And then I'm sitting there on the toilet and I'm wiping Marsh and I'm thinking, I just keep thinking of Chris Pratt in that scene in Parks. So it's even a, is it a you need to, or like, You need to eat better. If that's what, if that's what my that's diet, what your toilet time is like, my diet you need to have a better pizza diet. Pizza and beer. I just, like, I was, I was telling Audio Boy about one of my beer shits this week after a spicy burger. Right. Wait, wait, oh my God. wait. Philip, mark the time. <laughs> We're cutting. Yeah. We're, cu- <laughs> We're cutting his beer shit chat out of the podcast. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Oh, so we can this shop. is not this is not an open invitation for you to talk about your poos and your pees. I'm sorry, fucking, but this is not a fucking podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, I did a banging shit at twelve o'clock the other day. I'm telling you, it was so good. Well, I look keep keep the timer running. We'll, I'm fine with talking about poo. I love talking about poo <laughs> on like, podcast. Again, time, we've had a number of beers. This is not podcast poo talk, right? What are we doing? Andy Dwyer's poo. Topia. Yeah, we got into Parks and Rec. We should probably dance back over to... Te- let's, like, what the fuck was this podcast? I'm let, so lost. Let's dance over to Chris Pratt's career. And do you think he has much longer? <laughs> I really like Chris Pratt. I really like Jennifer Lawrence path, which like I'm done with her. And I'm getting to the point where I think I'm done with Chris really? Pratt. I don't think I can be. I really like Chris Pratt. I think Chris... I honestly think Chris Pratt is a... I, the one thing I want to see from Chris Pratt more is, is I want to see the untapped potential, which is his, his dramatic side. Yes. Because... Like he was in her... And he doesn't have a lot in that. Yeah. He's kind of the comic relief, but he's, he's still, oh, he is there's still something there. And in Guardians Two, Passengers sh- is where he he shines his. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't watch that film. Passengers is a shit film. Martin Sheen is the star of it. However, Chris Pratt. Yeah, Martin Sheen's in that. Martin Sheen is in that film, and he's pretty good in it. However, I mean, Chris Pratt, it's his first first real real foray into like being a main actor drama. Man. Yeah, main drama actor. I mean, he that da- he. I keep saying dance, but he got close to it with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 with the whole, like, Yondu dying stuff. Spoiler. Yeah. I love how I said I that. Mean, you got to say spoiler first. I'm sorry. I, I love how I said it in my separate spoilers. But yeah, like, he got he got there. Uh, spoilers. He got there with just, like, it's fun to now just do that. But he got to that point where he was kind of like, oh, this is some dramatic stuff, and this is quite good. So I'd love, because there's nothing better than when a comedic actor goes to the dramatic, like Jim Carrey dramatic because it's like holy shit this motherfucker can act like eternal sunshine and spotless mind or truman show fucking truman show. yeah well oh number 23 God. as well i know that's not a high rated film but, but i still, think Jim like, Carrey he holds it together he, yeah, he holds like, it together really well and truman show is like a weird one because truman show is like on that borderline of comedy and drama whereas number 23 is him like going in yeah and and i like yeah film's not great but carrie pulls it off yeah. like he, he does a real good job of there's what nothing more exciting than seeing a good comedic actor or an okay comedic actor just 
go to that dramatic side and just nail it. What do you want to see? Sorry, and I'm going to explain my step thoughts here. What do you want to see from Kurt Russell's son? Who I can't remember his name, but Kurt Russell's son. My thought process oh, was. You know I was generally about. To, I was going to Guardians say, of Galaxy Two. I was generally going to say Russell Russell. <laughs> Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell playing uh, ego. Uh, Kurt Russell's son was in Black Mirror episode with and then the Overlord. video games, and then he was in Overlord, and that's why that's my my step. Yeah. What do you? Because I'm I. I thought he was really good. I thought he was really good. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Thank you, troll. Wyatt Russell. Um, so far, I like. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in more stuff. Well, here's the thing: it is him in Black Mirror, where he plays a bit of a doof. And plays Chris just... Redfield. His character name is Chris Redfield, tying into the is whole. That actually, yeah, the whole video game. Oh episode. yeah, like from like a uh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. I had no idea his character name was. Well, he's Chris called Chris through the whole thing, and then at the very end of the episode, you see his name is Chris Redfield, and it's like, wee final yeah. reference. After like a, a whole and there's episode, like video that, game references. the Japanese guy is Hideo Kojima because. Well, yeah. Who else would do some sort of thing that would fuck a human being's that life? That Black Mirror episode, like, it's full of layers as well. Have you, you, know, like, have you watched it recently? I watched it when it came out. Have you watched it a second time after no, watching it? I've not the gone first? back to it. So, like, the whole episode, when he walks into the gaming mansion, a guy walks past him with a giant spider in his shirt, and, like, they're just simple and very. Very Charlie Brooker Black Mirror, Charlie like Black Mirror, like allusions to the fact that what's about to happen and what is happening in his dream world. I love that shit. Oh yeah, like the, you know, but yeah, but like great. he's he's great in that episode because he Very goes good. on like from this like I'm this lovable American guy, like America, look how cool I am, and then he goes like those final bits where he's just like in pure panic, losing him shit. I was like, I was just like, holy fuck, and then the emotional bits with spoilers. With his mother's death at the end of the episode. Yeah, and it's like, holy, holy fuck. And he pulls it, he totally pulls it off. But then you go to the other side of that, which is him and Overlord, and he tries to play pretty much Kurt Russell, and yep. he just can't do it. He's not got that, like, on-screen, like, I am the man in charge, I am Kurt Russell, I am all-American badass. But then, but then he's he's so young. True. Like, but he's Kurt still Russell, really from, young. like, the minute Kurt Russell was on-screen, you're just like... Holy fuck! This guy is a presence. He is, but then you're you are also talking about a time when, like, like you go back in time to when film when like old school films were coming out, and we had just like you said, old old films bad, new films good. That's what you said. He said it. Didn't say that. Did. But you're going back to a time when it's like we have fifteen male actors. Bosh, there they are. They're in everything. If we release a film, it has one of these people in it, and we have five Stallone, female actors. You know what I mean? Like we we, we we only have these fifteen Willis. So every single one of those actors that we had had to be a commanding force on screen. We are now in a world where, for better or for worse, we have a much bigger, much much more diverse cast, much broader, much broader, which I think is good. But it does unfortunately lead to this kind of mixed thing where, rather than having the fifteen actors, where you know, yep, sweet, put Sylvester in. Schwarzenegger in these films and put Keaton and Cage. I mean, Cage is a terrible example, but I <laughs> you, love you know what I mean. Cage, I Cruise, love you for... Cage, whoever yeah, you want. Cruise, put them Cruise, over yeah. these guys. You know, put them in their their pockets. We now are like, oh sweet, we've got Boyega and we've got the the new Wyatt Russell and we've got Hardy. Yeah, we've got Tom Hardy. Yeah, exactly. We've got these actors and then um, James Franco. We've got Levitt, Shannon, we've... Michael Shannon. I just want to throw Michael Shannon in because and I'm, I'm talking actors Jake, here. Yeah, um, Halu. Been talking actors because women in film are still massively underused, 
And we, I'm, but they're definitely at a point where they're getting we're getting so, so much, much better. Like, yeah. But let's pl- let's just leave that one for a whole other yeah. episode because fuck, we can go into that on in depth. And again, we've had a lot of beer. But we've got a lot of actors who are a much they are much more multifaceted, mm. which is good. But it's also kind of like, do you want to be the master of your genre? Or the jack... The master of your domain. Or the jack of all genres, though. Like, what is what is better? Would well, it be better that we shoehorned James Franco into, cool, you do comedic drama, the best. Bosh. Never do anything else. I mean, else. you got to respect James Franco. Of, like, he could have easily just done Pineapple Express-esque films for the rest yeah. of time. And people are just like, yeah. But he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to do... It. Like, he shows up in films like Milk. Or he shows up in films like... Uh, but it's like, the he's new not Brothers doing, film. Yeah, he's not happy Battle being shoehorned. Or, and he comes out in these other films, but... Or a disaster artist, but he fucking. But for better or for worse, that. for better or for worse, because although he's although he he's good in a handful of these, he's not. He's a very hurt and miss actor. Yeah, like in the Spider Man, uh, Sam Raimi films, he's just fucking all over the place. You're gonna bring up these again today? Yeah. Oh, I am. Yes, because those are good films from Sam Raimi, and I like them, and they're better than the Mark Webb Amazing Spider Man films. I said it. I'm gonna get close to my microphone as well. Sam Raimi films. Oh shit. You in Spider-Man 2 gets a passing grade. One wait, and three. Wait. One and three are not good films. Okay, but are you saying all Sam Raimi films are bad? No, I'm saying Spider-Man 1. Okay, and I just Spider-Man wanted to preface your comment there films. because it sounded like you're saying all Sam Raimi films are bad. Spider-Man was, 1, Spider-Man 3. I was getting ready films. to push this. Spider-Man 2, this make a Spider-Man 2 is a is a passable movie. Spider-Man 1. People, people the thing is, everyone sh- You want to do we're, this? We're are we going, doing this? I don't even know where this topic began. I don't know where this podcast is meant to be going or where we're aiming for. Are you want to do this? Here we go. Are we doing we're this? into it now. It's we're happening. happening. Spider-Man Audio 3. Audio boy, get ready. Here we go. Spider-Man 3, Universal Dog Dog shit. Yes. Oh, everyone agrees that Spider-Man 3 seems to be the worst fucking film on the planet. However, no, amazing going back and, and watching Spider-Man 1, it is just as bad, if not the tiniest, slightly redeemable bit better than Spider-Man 3, but it's crap. Spider-Man 2 with Octo Octavius is passable, passable, like a B minus, but they are all unfortunately not great films. And you're saying that the Mark Webb Amazing Spider-Man films are better. The the Mark Webb Amazing Spider-Man films have their big problems. I am not disputing that. They are, however, better Spider-Man films than the Raimi trilogy. Yes. I don't know how to take this information. Well, you can take it. Okay. Here's how I'm going to respond to this. (laughs) I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be fair. And I'm going to be collected. And I'm just going to say, for the sake of the people listening, thank you one person out there, I love you, and to you, that I respect your opinion, but you're wrong. And that's what I'll say. All right, so hit me. With my rhythm stick? So, All right, so you agree Spider-Man 3 is a bad film? Yes. You're happy to admit that? Yes. Better than, like, not better, worse than the the Andrew Garfield? Yes. It's worse like, than those two. Like, if you take every single Spider-Man film from starting with Raimi and ending with Homecoming... We shouldn't even put Homecom- Homecoming in the... Because it's not fair, because it's so much better than... I was, I was about to flip out there, because, yeah, Homecoming No, it's like, it's, un- cause like, it's unfair yeah. to put Marvel's Homecoming, Homecoming up next to these Great other film. ones. Because, like, Marvel had, like, all these years to perfect superhero films and then got Spider-Man. Whereas, like, Raimi was given Spider-Man at a time when superhero films were X-Men Dude, and Blade. 100%. Like, Raimi did his best. Raimi did 100% his best. But unfortunately, Raimi 
really was not suited for a Spider-Man movie. But it, the reason the reason Spider-Man Two gets a passing grade is because Raimi at least was like, "Cool, you know what? Fuck it, I'm making this a Raimi movie." Yeah. With Spider-Man, and that's why Two is in the like well, that that scene where like the 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 surgeons are doing the they're trying to remove the and arms, it's he, and he it's does the Evil so, Dead yeah he does the Evil Dead yeah it's so does, fucking Raimi esque and I'm just like it's so Raimi oh it's glorious it's evil. but then outside that the villain's interesting. Spider-Man's story arc is 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 interesting, and and the whole film holds itself together. Spider-Man three, and this is what annoys me. Spider-Man three, everyone agrees is dog shit, but everyone gives Spider-Man one a free pass for some reason. When if you watch that film again, it's it's abysmal. I think it's it's. it's so I don't think it's abysmal. I think it's of the time. It, it's it's of three camps. It's one of the time, which was a time when superhero films were still in their infancy. It was two. It had the elements of Raimi's directing, and Raimi, no matter what he's directing, loves to just throw in weird, weird shit, and totally. that's what he does. And three, it's full on comic book camp. Raimi just went full comic book camp with it, but, and but that, that doesn't means... just give it a free pass. No, into I'm not saying it gives it a free the, pass. The movie history holds a thing. I'm not saying it gives it a free pass, but what I'm saying is, for me, those three elements put them together, and you just get like a wild, crazy, like drug-filled ride. Even though it's not drug-filled, I'm sure, but that's just it feels like, drug-filled. And, but it's joyous to watch. It's not joyous though. But then, unfortunately, you... I again, I stick by this. I think people have such rose-tinted no, glasses no, about because, Spider-Man 1. But here's the difference. You take that and you compare it to the Mark Webb uh, Garfield films, and those films are just, like, bloated, boring, tedious, unending mess messes of films. They're joyless. They're are you talking joyless about, films. Are you talking about Andrew Garfield Spider-Man or Spider-Man 1? I'm talking about Garfield's films. I don't know, because Spider-Man 1 is a fucking bloated, tedious mess. It's not bloated or tedious. It's shit. No. Look, yes, Spider-Man 1. It is a campy, Raimi-esque comic book film from 2002. But the the first one doesn't even feel Raimi-esque. That's the problem. That's the problem. Again. The moment when when a Green Goblin throws down the thing and the guys just explode into skeletons, that's so, like, campy, Raimi, just nonsense. But then that, that that whole scene is a problem in itself. That that whole segment has one hundred and one problems that I could pinpoint in like three minutes. That's a YouTube video right there. One hundred and one problems with Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Spider Man. Like I, you know what I feel like we we should move on from this because we're just gonna sit here and I argue said, back do you want to do this? Are we're you... gonna sit here back and forth. We should move on. This one hundred percent. Then we are gonna have a week where we watch all three of those Spider Man films. And I want you to then sit at the end of them. We're going to put the microphone straight on. And I want you to go, yep, all like one and two are good and three's bad. I mean, we could we could go even more into it and we could just do like commentary at some point. That could be fun. I'm fine with that. But like, but I, does that mean I have to watch the Mark Webb ones as well? Because I don't know if I have like the stamina. Like maybe I could make it through one because I've only, yeah, I can maybe make it through one. But the second one, I don't know if I can do that again. Because it's like... like and this is the thing, man. I'm not disagreeing that the the, the Andrew Garfield films are, are not... They're not, by any stretch of the imagination, good films. They have their big problems. But they at least... I feel they at least hold it together better than Spider-Man 1 and 3 of the Raimi trilogy. But I'm also, I'm also of the opinion, like, when the Raimi films came out and the time period they came out and what else was around yeah. them, they were like... But when those but Mark, that doesn't, that doesn't make a, a good but film. When, but when the Mark Webb films came out, 
that was in the midst of like Marvel was kicking off and like we had the Dark Knight films and Sony were just like, hey, look at how all these other companies are doing really good, good jobs. What should we do? We should just make Burger King adverts. And that's what those, <laughs> those movies just feel like Burger King adverts. I do, I gotta say, the one, the one thing, even at the cinema I noticed is the one thing in Spider-Man 2 Enter the Electro with the, I remember being in the cinema and being like, wait, what the fuck am I listening to? Is when Electro finally loses his shit and goes to town on Spider-Man and the soundtrack, the official score of that bit is Jamie Foxx whisper rapping I am Electro I am going crazy I'm gonna kill Spider-Man like this weird like just (laughs) that was bizarre the amazing Spider-Man like it's the amazing Spider-Man 2 is like three or four different films like Felicity Jones appears in that film because at some point she was going to be a black cat. Yeah, and it's just like, what the fuck is Felicity Jones but doing then, here? But then, in a weird twist of fate, she also has like some bizarre back scene, never mentioned cameo in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Like they keep putting Black Cat in Spider-Man films in the background for reasons never explained, and they never touch upon it. But it's like, oh, here's this person with platinum blonde hair wearing an all-black skin-tight cat suit, quotation marks. Also, I wonder who that's going to be. Also, Black Cat's just like a problematic character to do in this <sighs> modern climate in superhero films because she's this very, like... She's kind of like Catwoman and Batman where yeah. she's like an over-sexualized... Wait, but then you, just you, like, I mean, yes, you're 100% right. And they, so is every Marvel female. And Yeah, and they, Mary have, Jane and they is, have to come at that character in a way that's just like... Like Gwen what they did with Homecoming where they have to modernize... And just dignify the characters. Like, and you know way. what? This is another whole episode we can get into. But fuck me, Marvel fan boys and fan people that are like, oh, oh, but you can't make that character black because in the comics they weren't black. And I use black as the standard default here because that's the one. Because well, because to be honest, that's where most of them seem to fucking derive their like ultimate hatred from because people are racist dicks. But for fuck's sake, like, who cares? These comics, I love them. I grew up loving them. But they were unfortunately written by white men in the fucking 60s and 70s where where people were inherently racist without meaning to be racist. Yep. And we now live in the fucking 2018, 2019, where you can't get away with this shit. And yeah, it's all fine and well to be like, I but Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Thor... And all the rest of the Marvel heroes are white, except Black Panther. But why the fuck do they need to be white? Because they were written by white people during the fucking height of white supremacy. It's like when um, that trailer for Force Awakens came out and the first frame is John Boyega jumping up into it. Mm-hmm. And people just go, Stormtroopers can't be black. And I was like, what? And what point in any of the original series, or the original, in the Star Trek is always my mind, in the original trilogy or in the new trilogy, did anyone ever say, well, I just killed a black stormtrooper? It's like, <laughs> or, well, I'm glad I just killed a white well, stormtrooper. Glad that whitey storm. But like, you, know what's, do you know what's even stupider than that? It's like, in Star Wars at the very least, it's like, oh, stormtroopers can't be black. The thing is that people have a problem with black stormtroopers, but in the original trilogy, every stormtrooper was of married ascent. Yeah. The actor's name, Philip Troll. Audio boy. Tim Ware Morrison. Who's in a new Aquaman movie. Is he? He's playing uh, Aquaman's uh, on-land dad. So, 
And like, and here's the thing. So it's like, it can't be black. And like, and the thing is, when people say like, oh, he can't be black, what they are kind of inherently meaning is he should be white. Yes. That might sound extreme, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there going to be like, oh, these fucking two dicks are moaning about race now. But it's pretty much what people mean. Because, like, who, like, with John Briggs, and then they had to retcon it and explain it. Like, oh, the Stormtroopers are now the First Order. And these aren't clones. These are now um, indoctrinated children, yeah. if I remember correctly. So they can be any race. And then and then people kind of piped down a little bit. But then they also have a fucking huge problem with everything in Star Wars the moment anyone touches anything to do with fucking race or gender. And Unless it's a white male, in which case it's like, oh yeah, cool, that guy's a Jedi. That that, that makes sense. Which then brings us swinging all the way back to that the sci-fi episode we did about how Star Wars fans react... Stand for, st- beer. Star Wars fans' reactions to The Last Jedi were just... just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but, fan... Fanboy reactions to anything are utterly ridiculous. I mean, on both sides, we're like, uh, I thought I was saying this earlier, like today, uh, like the D- when I was having beer again, like the like with the DC universe, like Justice League came out. Justice League is a dog shit movie. Mm-hmm. God, I love seeing the word dog shit on a mic. It's so good, <laughs> and uh, and everyone's like, oh, well, it, it can't be Snyder's fault. It's, it must be Joss Whedon's fault, Joss, or it's Wonder Brothers' fault. I know. Do you see the last couple of like Snyder, like Man of Steel? Okay, Batman v Superman, just a just a mess of a film. But you think that the problem with Justice League is that the Joss Whedon was involved, and that's why the film's he bad? didn't help. Uh, well, that de- film reeks of Whedon. He definitely didn't help. But they're all like, <laughs> we want the Snyder cut because that yeah, will yeah, make yeah. the film good. And I'm like, are you like insane? And then you go into like the subreddit, and it's just these people just being like. Look at like the subtlety in the Snyder scene. Look at the imagery, and I'm like, "There's nothing there. It's a cloud and a man jumping into <laughs> it. What are you seeing?" It's just like, see, that's why Snyder. Look at the scene. That's why Snyder was so great. But like, I mean, this is pretty off topic. DC games and film are so much more on the ball with their 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 separate media than they are their actual mainline movies. Yeah. So. I suppose off topic, but it's kind of like in this weird semi-topic of the DC animated movies are really good. I don't know if you've seen any of them. I mean, yeah, I've seen Flashpoint uh, Paradox. Um, yeah, the the Justice League, the three Justice League films they've got, like Batman. I recently uh, showed the uh, Audio Boy um, Batman Under Red Hood, which I love. Red that Hood, film. so good. I love Batman: The Mask of Phantasm. But what I find bizarre is the fact, like the the their live action stuff is so god awfully shit and their animated team seem to be like smashed but I think it's because their animated team are just like cool here's also, the comic yeah they have the freedom with the animated films to just do whatever they want throw in like yeah. here's this character that no one knows of because the people watching those animated films are going to because they are DC people whereas then, the films have to appeal to a massive well, audience you say that but then look at Sony bringing out uh, the mask was it Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse Sony are now finally embracing, and like, and it's. I think this is brilliant. I think, and I also think, I also one hundred percent think Sony have bartered with Marvel on this one. And they've taken some serious creative advice. Personally, I think they've had some kind of backward, you know, background. Like, hey, what should we do with Spider Man? Oh, here's an idea. But Sony are finally taking into consideration. Oh, you know what? 
multiverse. Here are the thousands of Spider-Man that we've made up over the years. And yeah. And it looks like we're going to have a really interesting non-MCU Spider-Man film from, from the Sony. studios of Sony. Which is insane because you look Which at that because like I remember seeing the first trailer for that and it's been like whoever animated this just give them because the animation looks phenomenal. It's just godlike. It's phenomenal. like holy fuck. And you're like, and then you watch it and it ends going Sony movie. I'm like, this is not. From I didn't believe Sony. it. Did you also? I, you know what? I'm just gonna call this one now. This is the final thing we're gonna say, and then we need to wrap this because this has been a long meandering beer filled nonsense. Nothing of nothing. You might um, never hear this. And if did you, are, you but, but, see come. that Sony's? They released the original trailer for the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. People watched it, loved the trailer, but hated the final reveal when Miles Morales pulled off his mask. And it was Sony's more illumination uh, or kind of like more stylized human face than people wanted. Okay. So people like love the animation, hate the face that came up at the end because it's... It's hard to draw a face, basically, because we're humans and we know what our face looks like. So there was a bit of a backlash. So Sony have then, since then, gone back and redrawn every character's face in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse to be it's... not more realistic, but further away from their original stylistic choice because people hated it. It's like whoever's in charge of this has something on Sony. And you just be like, yeah. if you don't let me do what I want to do, Sony, I'm going to tell everyone what you did. And Sony's <laughs> like, okay, go, do what you want. Please don't tell them what we did. Because, yeah. like, this is not the Sony that, like, when they... Because Sony is one of the worst fucking movie studios out there. <laughs> they just put out straight gar... Look, I mean, look at... Bringing Fantastic it back Four. Mark Webb's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Fox. What? Fantastic I was going to say Fox, That was Fox's Anderson. last fucking... Shithole. Oh, just Sony's just nailing the coffin. Sony's just just the worst. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That'll be a let's, topic for another day. I tell you what. Let's finish that one. Um, neither of us can remember what we were meant to be talking about. Beer. Lots of beer. We've now talked about and pizza. Plenty of other stuff. This may or may never get released. If it does, apologies in retrospect. Advance and beer as well. And yeah, we'll hopefully speak to you soon. And next week we'll have a a proper podcast for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thanks for I'm listening, sorry if you guys. Listen to this till this point.